Are you a podcaster? Maybe you've got that big idea and you're looking for a network to join. The multi-award-winning Ozcast Network can get your content to eyes and ears all over the world. Join now for the first month free, and you could be featuring this sound at the beginning of your podcast. Ozcast. Simply head to ozcastnetwork.com for details. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, another episode of the Unlaced Podcast. I did miss last week. I was uh, masquerading away in Byron Bay with the hippies. I might have turned into one uh, myself, so apologies for missing last week, but we are back. Um, as I always say, if you are new here, thank you for coming along. Please give us a like and subscribe. It's how we grow. And for the regulars, the heartbeat of the podcast, thank you for coming back again. Now, we know I love my combat sports. We've been... Uh, been talking MMA and UFC for 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 a period now, and obviously the Jack Jenkins episode blew up. If you guys haven't seen that, go back and watch that because Jackie Jenkins is going to be on a tear soon in the UFC. Um, and he was also kind enough to help me get this man on, who Braden and I got to watch in uh, Perth on one of the great greatest UFC cards um, going around. It was electric um, in the stadium that day, but this man was electric as well. And Jimmy Croup, mate, so. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, bro. Mate, it's been a been a crazy few weeks for you. You've been off in uh, Thailand. Yeah, man, Jack. You went to Thailand for a couple of weeks just to sort of start our camp, and it was um it was a pretty cool trip. Um, and we just trained the house down, honestly. Yeah. What What was the like purpose of that? Because when I spoke to Jack, <laughs> the way Jack framed to me, he's like, "Mate, there's just a bunch of Dagestani's out there. We're just going to wrestle." <laughs> and he's like, "Volk's going to be out there, and all these other fighters." And he's like, "You were going." It's like it sounded like it was like a planned kind of training camp almost yeah. in a sense. Well, it's sort of funny for me because I was like, when Jack, Jack only told me the night before. Because we were looking, <laughs> we were, actually we were looking like two weeks prior and there was just no flights. I was like, fuck this, I'm not doing stopovers, I'm not going. Yeah. And then the, like the night before we leave, Jack messaged me, goes, hey, I found these business class flights for fucking under a grand. Let's go. I was like, all right. No problem. So then I, I left the next day. Um, but I sort of went over there with the mindset of I'm just going to chill out before camp, you know, get some work in. But, you know, Enjoy a bit yourself. more R and R, and then I got there and I just went fuck this. Yeah, and I just sort of like left a little bit of myself in that gym. I just fucking went to town on a, on training, had a little bit of fun, but yeah, just like really trained the house down and come back with a fresh mindset and ready to tackle this fight camp. What's the What's the benefit of going to train in Thailand for a few weeks versus training here? In oh, your eyes, the, like the lifestyle, man, and yeah. I, I don't know. There's just something like I think because the, the like my Thai is so old, like thousands of years old, and it, everyone there just understands fighters you go you get a masseuse uh, massage and they've been dealing with fighters for so long it's just they they know how to mm. do it and um i know you wake up you train you go get a massage you eat have some food you train again and it's just wash for pete oh, and wow. it's just like it's the best place in the world in my opinion yeah, jack jack loves it too because he's like obviously the the thai dollar whatever it may be is it's not it's, yeah, so it's cheap and you can live like a king. Yeah. So you get that benefit as well, especially if you're not like a pro fighter like some of you guys. It's a good place to go and yeah, get trained, I imagine. Um, there's actually a bit of, bit of a funny story that I wanted to speak about because I was told by Jack and apparently you were there that, and you probably know this story actually better than me, but something along the lines of he was riding his moped or, or scooter and he either hit a bloke or did something and before he knew it, there was this this specific guy, uh, Thai, Thai guy, was going at him hard to like try and knock him out. And Jack's like, whoa, whoa, calm down. And then like a few more came in. And then he goes, oh, yeah, you yeah. pulled up on the bike. You're like, Jack, you all right? And he goes, does it fucking look like I'm all right? <laughs> no, no, no. It was, it was actually quite calm, Jack. So I was like, I pulled up and I just saw this guy like yelling at Jack. And I was just like, what the fuck's going on here? <laughs> so I pulled up and I got off the bike. I'm like, Jack, you all right? He goes, yeah, yeah. 
And then out of nowhere, this fucking bloke comes with, with a chair. Oh, my God. <laughs> Throws this chair at Jack. Jack's just run off, like, obviously doesn't, doesn't want to fucking Bro, yeah, two UFC fighters just pulled up. <laughs> Jack being a nice guy, letting this guy live. Yeah, 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 exactly right. <laughs> but no, nah, he, he ran up and I'm like, oh, shit, what's going on here? Oh, my God. So I'm like, uh, I said, you're right. And he goes, yeah, just go get one of the trainers. I ran and grabbed one of the trainers because that speaks fine or whatever. Um, and they sorted it out. But I was like. I was like, fuck, are we going to have to bash it for locals here? <laughs> no, yeah, which, mate, one of the, one of the bit best like, pieces of travel advice I ever got from someone, and I learned the harsh way in Italy once, but it was never fight with locals. No. Never, ever fight never with locals. Ever. Like, what does that mean? And then, yeah, one time, got in, and the next thing you know, we're ducking and weaving like streets just yeah. to avoid people. This is like, how, how many, what are the, what's going to happen? Either he's going to call 10 maids, mm. he's going to stab us, mm. he's going like, yeah. to, you, you don't know. So, we, like, Jackie did the right thing, ran off, and- um, sort of took what? the t- took the higher road out of there. Yeah, which is good on Jack for that. But uh, he's good like that, I think. Yeah, but with with actually just on that with your like UFC contracts, is it like do you have like a clause where you can't fight in public? Because like obviously when I when I lived at the AIS, boxers weren't allowed to fight outside of the ring because their fists were classed as weapons in a sense. Is that is not really because I mean Diaz is putting people to sleep all the time in the street, but yeah, I think it depends on the situation, man. It depends right. on, on on law and whatnot. But you know, I'll and it, my view is if I have to defend myself, I'm going to defend myself. I yeah. don't care. Yeah. But um, I will do everything in my power to to get out of the situation. Yeah. I'm sure Jack's the same. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> if I have to defend myself or, or, or my family or or yeah, some it. my defenseless mates, I'm yeah, you're done. All rules are off. Yeah, we love that. It's funny because I just think about. Um, the Perth card, and I think it was the first UFC card. I mean, I've watched UFC for, for 10 years, like all the majority of the cards, all the major ones, and now it's kind of like every card I watch because all, all of them are so good. Like the, the, all the divisions are really stacked, um, and every sort of title fight is like a, against like a, a legacy fighter who either hasn't lost or something like that or a pound for pounds. Yeah, it's, it's so good at the moment, the standard. But the experience in Perth, I've heard people, I had a few mates tell me that They've been to Super Bowls. They've been to the AFL Grand Final. But, like, the UFC is the best sporting event they've ever been to. Mm. Baden, you might echo this. When when oh, He was there for the buzz anyway of Perth. But when we were there, I was like, fuck, I see why. It's electric, man. Like, it's just like, how how could any other sport compete when, when it's just like, I think fighting is, like, the sport. Mm. Like, if someone, someone could score better than me in basketball, but. We play by my rules in basketball. They're not going to score on me because yeah. they're going to kick them in the league. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So um, <laughs> where there's no limits, that's why. That's why it's. I think. I actually think, and I've played a lot of sports. I think for me, mentally and physically, uh, mixed martial arts is by far the hardest. Yeah, and I think like, I don't know. I think it's the most primal sport. Like, yeah, it's a fight, and it's a fight physically and mentally. To me, like, like team sports. I, I have all this respect in the world for other athletes, but. In the fight, you can't rely on anyone else. Yeah. It's just you versus your opponent, and and that's it. And mm. and that's sort of like I think what people respect about it a bit. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I want to talk about the Alonzo Manyfield fight because um, I think there's an absolute war zone in the octagon in general. But your fight in particular it was like I thought he was out, then I thought you were out, and somehow you guys just kept fighting and not giving up, and it was quite admirable to watch. But at the same time, coming into that fight, what like were you expecting it to be as difficult of a fight for you? Um, I don't know. That was such a weird prep for me. I had the had the layoff, had the knee surgery. I'm not making excuses, but that wasn't me out there. And you know, the whole prep we were working on avoiding punches and 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 being smart in there. Right. And then 
I was sort of, I just got in there and I just went, oh, fuck it, let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you guys were just swinging. Yeah, he hit me, he hit me three times clean and then and then from then I was just like, oh, it's going to be a dirty fight then because I I sort of, I, I really wanted to have a clean performance against him, but I think I, I was just in my head a little bit too much. So yeah. um, I've got the rematch now, which yeah. is nice. Well, can we share this? I, mean, I, I wish I could say it's exclusive, but um, we've shot this a few days before it releases everyone, so it probably is going to be announced. But July 8th, Rematch against Alonzo Manyfield in Vegas fight week. Yeah. Holy fuck. Dude, that your Jimmy Crute's face is just smiling ear yeah, to ear. Cool. He is gonna fuck up Alonzo Manyfield. But the exciting nature for this is you get a second second chance. Was that always on the cards? Uh, straight away when that fight was a draw? As soon as I got back to the hotel, I went straight up to Mick and I said, We've got to run that shit back because yeah. that wasn't me. I made him look way fucking better than he is, and this time I'm going to punch the fucking cunt out of him. <laughs> That's crazy. So when you the last fight camp, there was because I, I actually were you was there a period where you might not have fought, or with like not maybe not in your head, but like from a medical assessment or just with the camp, or were you kind Sorry, of what was the question when when you came into the Manyfield fight in Perth, like did you you kind of sharing that you didn't have like the cleanest camp in regards to like you had injuries, you had a little layoff, well, like are you ever in doubt to even fight that? No, time. no, no. The, the, the camp itself was fine. It oh, was okay. the, the lead up into the camp. Oh, okay. I had a knee reconstruction and and whatnot. Um, I know, like the camp, the camp, it was what it was. Um, at the time, it, it felt like it was really good. But mm. I've learned a lot since then, and I've learned how things can be ran, um, and and things I could be doing. Mm. So this time, I'm going to implement all these new lessons. And, yeah, I think I think people sleep on you a little bit because, like, obviously the last three fights haven't necessarily gone your way. But if you look at your career, I mean, you don't lose much. And yeah. then and then some of the I think there's been two fights in the UFC you've had performance of the night. Yeah, I'm like people people don't really respect that enough because that's fucking hard to do, man. Yeah, like oh, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and blow my own trumpet, but that's right. Uh, that's my job. I um <laughs> I lost to the champ. Yeah, um I lost to. Number four, five guy in the world. Mm. And then I had a draw with Alonzo. And I should never have had a draw with Alonzo. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a lot better than him. Yeah. And I, I feel, I say that confidently, you know? Yeah. I mean, coming, because with actually with the UFC in general, and I don't know how the contracts work and so forth, but I always think it, because it's such a tough business and so many fighters from the outside are trying to be in the UFC. As a UFC fighter, are you, is it essentially every fight you have, is there a thought like, if you don't win this, like, the career can change, like they can just shaft you, or is it not like that? Are you kind of set in stone for X amount of fights? Or? I'm I'm in a good position where I'm, I have a pretty good relationship with the UFC. I know they like my fight style. I put on exciting. I've never been in a boring fight, so yeah. I know that they respect that and they they keep me around for that. But at the same time, mate, if I can't beat Alonzo Minifield, what the fuck am I doing? Oh, really? If I can't beat Alonzo Minifield, I'll, I'll fucking. So were you after that fight? Based off that, were you like really gutted? In, in I was sort very of, gutted, bro. Like, yeah, I had, I had a long, hard think about it because I. I just, I'd, Man, the, I, it was a dog shit performance. Yeah, I, I just think the fact that, because after those three clean punches as well, I thought the, the strength you showed though to come back, yeah, I, was, I mean, yeah. that's that for me was something. Like that told me a lot about you, I thought, from from the outside. I'm sure a lot of the Aussie fans thought that too. But is there anything for for this camp you change coming into that now with what yeah, you know? I've had a, um, I don't want to talk about it too much because yeah, I, I don't want to disrespect um, old coaches because they've all done a fantastic job, but I've had a complete um, camp change. Oh, really? I'm now training with Sammy Haywood down at Combat One in, in Laberton. Beautiful. And um, man, I just feel like I've evolved so much and, and not just physically, like I've always had it physically. I've never, never been out muscled. I've never lost a fight because of my physical, mm. I've only lost my fights because of technical errors and, and um, 
and gaps mentally where now I feel like everything's coming together. I feel like my mentality is, is matching up with my physicality and um, I'm really excited just to showcase that, man. Man, and, and if, have you ever fought on fight week before? Like, no. Is that is that like, can you can you explain to some of the people that don't understand what fight week is from a UFC perspective? Because it seems to be like arguably one of the biggest weeks in, in the UFC year. So it's just, a, it's just where the UFC go, all right, this is our week and we're just going to, we're going to go do event after event. We're going to. Um, promote the shit out of everything. We're gonna like it's just the the UFC's week in Vegas of just it's like a fight party for yeah. a week. Um. Yeah. So I'm I'm pretty excited for that. And for me, man, I've been a fan of this sport since I was 12 years old. Yeah. So since I was 12, I've always heard about International Fire Week. I get on YouTube as a kid, and you like International Fire Week's just been blown up since. So for me, it's like, oh, fuck, this is sick. Yeah. And then and then this morning, like I was seeing Robbie Lawler is having his retirement fight on that card. Rob uh, Rob Whitaker, yeah. Alex Volkanovski. All these like it's a massive. I'm like, holy shit! Yeah. I'm I'm running with giants here. Like yeah. this is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's no. It's a credit to you, man. It's fucking like Volkanovski and Rodriguez. Obviously, we all want Volk to win, but I was so impressed with yeah, yeah Rodriguez yeah, in yeah, his fight. Man, he's like dexterity and like yeah. if, the way he submitted that bloke. I, I wouldn't even know what it's called, but he was he was on the bottom and somehow he's wrapped his leg around his head and put him yeah. to sleep. He's he's, uh, he's great and he's a cool guy too. Obviously. We're going Volk all yeah. day, every day. But um, Yair, Yair might be my one of my favorite featherweights yeah, outside of that. Yeah, he's fun know? to watch. Is and a good person too. Is yeah, he seems like a good bloke because he seems like a funny, funny guy. Do you think with with that? I mean, Volk was so impressive against Islam. Did you did you think he had that fight? Like, oh, did I didn't you, I, at the time. I was um, I was actually on the bus getting back to the yeah, hotel. You guys so. don't get to watch. I learned this with yeah. Jack. You, they after your fight, you yeah. go get a medical screening and then you go straight back to the hotel. And honestly, mate, I was so fucking gutted that yeah, I just wanna, I couldn't be fucked. Like, yeah. I was just like, I just want to go to bed. Yeah. Did you did alone. you ever did you watch that fight back at all? Or you see the highlights no, no, of it? I got to. I have to because I really want to study um, Alex's grappling in that in that fight because I've heard just amazing things. Like all my coaches, like you watch it. So I got to like make. Make time to, to watch it yeah. just to study because yeah. I fucking I man like I, every time I got I've, I got the uh, freestyle once or twice and you know I, I watch Volk I watch the way he trains I watch the way he moves and that that's the guy to study man he does everything so well and and his uh, mindset and his physicality match up so well he's just he's like it mm. as close as you get to a perfect fighter in my opinion yeah he's and he's like mentally tough too skillful Amazing. yeah yeah I mean like Jack told me I think Jack might have done a takedown on me once. I keep referencing Jack because I spend so much time with him, but he was like, man, that's a big thing. Mm. Like just to take him just, down. Yeah, like, you know, on in his hips yeah, like, like it's wow. fucking huge because he's that talented. Like yeah, he's that hard. And, but it's, and like, I don't know. Like I've never trained with him obviously because I'm so much bigger. Um, mm. But I like, I watch the way that he trains with all these, all these training partners and I'm just like, fuck, what a good, like mm. he's just, he never holds any knowledge back. He's just, yeah, it's, good it's amazing. It's amazing to watch. Yeah. Um, I think speaking around the Perth card as well, just just actually on the Perth card before I go into my next point, was is that one of the best atmospheres you've seen from a UFC perspective? A few people have said it is, but obviously I haven't experienced other you know, yeah. UFC cards and so forth. Like where did that stuck up for you? I don't know, man. I, I, I was in such a haze before the fight. <laughs> really? Like, I, I, didn't, I didn't take it in. Yeah. Like okay. – um, I did at the weigh-ins. I took it in. I was like, oh, this is pretty electric. Like, yeah. it's got me here standing up a little bit. And then yeah. I, the fight, I just, I didn't care about it. I just wanted the fight. Um, and then I got in the fight and didn't fight the way I wanted to. So I just- You kind of just lock yeah. in. I keep positive on the situation. It was amazing. It was an amazing week and, and, and I enjoyed it. But like, mm. I feel like the next time I get the fight at home, it's going to be much more electric. Yeah, I bet. 
Hey, Legends, just a quick break in this episode to thank our partners, Dabble, the gambling agency, where you dabble socially and gamble responsibly. Please only bet what you can and are willing to lose. Now, Dabble is one of the great platforms out there. I absolutely love using it. Very similar to Instagram, where you can follow some of the head honchos in the different sports, copy their bets, and get some good wins on the board. Now, fortunately for me, I've been working with Dabble for over a year. This year, we are doing a stream every Tuesday night. It's called Jake's Take. It's from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m., where you can go in the Double app, you can join me. We get guests on every week. We bet on the dogs. We have an absolute ball, and they're talking about sport and cutting up the shop around what's going around town across all codes. So come on down, check it out. Double socially, gamble responsibly, and let's get back into the episode. When you prepare for like now, you know the fights July eighth. Like obviously you're training physically from like a mental perspective because the way I watch you fight, I'm like this kid's mentally tough. Like you obviously grown up in Bendigo and. Um, now you live out here in, in Altona, which is, which is obviously a tough, you tough to live out here in some regards, but do you prepare like anything from a mental side or is it naturally the training and the hard work just helps you mentally go into the fight? For me, I think I've always been a little bit too tough for my own good. You know, I've relied on it. I've relied, um, up until Jamal, I'd never been, never been really hurt mm. with, with strikes. Um, so I've always just like had that physicality to sort of fall back on, but now like fighting these top guys, I just can't rely on it. And, um, it's good because I've, I've always sharpened the other aspects of my game and I've always had the other aspects of my game, but now it's sort of like, I've got to use them. Mm. I've got to, I've got to use my technique. I've got to use my skill. I've got to use my fight IQ now because I, I'm not getting away with mm. just being tough. Yeah. So to me, it's like, it's like a blessing in disguise where I've been found out. Yeah. And now I'm like, all right, you fucking cunts underestimate me now. Yeah. Cause watch this. Yeah. And the people as well, you're only 27. Yeah. Which is super young. Yeah, but, in in terms of life, anyway. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's crazy. Um, in regards to Australian fighting in MMA now and like the sport rising, like is this as good as time as you can remember in like Australian combat sports for like the amount of quality fighters we have in the UFC is crazy. It's, but it's, there's there's that's and, not New, even a and question. New Zealand yeah. too, obviously as well. When I first started, we had about three people in the UFC, and none yeah. of them were ranked. <laughs> like, <laughs> really? Yeah. Fuck. When I when I first started watching, at George Sots, James Tahuna. Cole Noak. Yeah. Anthony Prosh. Yeah. And then and and a few guys before, a few guys after, but like, it was like, I don't know, George Shots went on an eight fight win streak and that was just like, that was- What the hell? Like he was, I think he was two fights away from the title and it was like, fuck, George Shots is the greatest um, wow. Aussie MMA fighter ever. Um, And that record is still very impressive, but yeah. we got guys like- Hulk, pound for pound, <laughs> pound, pound, pound for pound, best fighters. So yeah. I was like, the sports evolved so much. When you when you were young watching the UFC, like who were you idolizing? Was it an, an, an Aussie? Or was there a specific fighter that you're like, that's that's the guy that makes you want to be in that sport? Um, I, I, I was fortunate enough to meet um like Anthony Parosh when I was yeah. like I think I was like thirteen or something. Did some training with him. He came to Bendigo did a seminar, and that was like for me that was like fuck. I mm. met a UFC fighter. That's amazing. Um, but I think like growing up, I had like BJ Penn, Shogun, um. Anderson Silva, George St. Pierre, like I, it was back then there were so many positive role models to look up to mm. and today, same thing. But like for me, those were sort of my idols growing up. What was your, with uh, MMA, I always think like someone, they're specific in sort of one field in, in sort of the mixed martial arts category and that kind of leads them into going into MMA. Like what was your entry point to broadening to the octagon? Jiu-jitsu when I was when I was twelve, man. That's well, when you I did, ju- you've been doing jujitsu for that long. I've been grappling since I was eight. I started judo when I was eight. Fuck, man. So like, I'm I'm excited to showcase this stuff because I haven't used it. Yeah, that's. I'm going to show it now, but um, yeah, man. I've I wanted to. I 
I've only wanted to do this. Yeah. I've only wanted to fight in the UFC since I was 12 years old and decided that's what I was going to do. I've actually heard you say that before and I was like, man, you don't, not too many, like I think people do it young, but they're sort of in their mid to late teens when they realize like. For me, bro, it wasn't like, oh, that's something I would like to do. That was, no, I was like. That's it. That's it. I don't fucking care about any other job. That's what I'm doing. Fuck, man. That's pretty crazy, bro. I, I actually, I want to talk about jujitsu because I think like everyone should do jujitsu. Like every, yeah. it's, I think it's the best form of self-defense. Like a, <clears throat> in short, like a, 20 year old girl she knows jujitsu she's done jujitsu two years more than me she can make me tap yeah like you know what i mean it's like fucking very technical even like even outside of the self-defense stuff because um i know there's some bad there's some bad fucking people out there like mm. self-defense self-defense but in terms of lifestyle you know like the ability to just be able to compete in a in a controlled environment and and just push yourself mentally and you know if you get a good coach that can really help build you and um, support y- your growth. Like mm. jujitsu is just a way to to grow mentally, physically, spiritually. In my opinion, mm. I might dumb this down a little bit because there's probably some listeners that don't even know what jujitsu is. <laughs> but can you just explain, like, in a very quick summary, like how you define jujitsu? It's the gentle art. Nah, it's, um, <laughs> oh, it kind of is. Um, depend. It depends who you train with. Too. Like, there's some there's some bad fucking people Coaches. that do some like yeah, not bad like like just tough, but um. In terms of like for the general public, like you can go into a jiu-jitsu class, have wrestle with someone and and walk away feeling better than when you go in. Yeah, and you it's just hurt. Yeah, it's like it's wrestling with, with submission locks and you tap and that's yeah. the end of it. And then if you if you're training with the right people, you're so safe. Yeah. That's one thing I learned as well, because I'm doing jujitsu with Jack and his brother and, and some of my friends. And one of the things is, is, and I, my mate did it as well. And he told me the same thing. He was doing it longer than me. He's like, you can get tapped. Like if we were rolling together and you tapped me 20 times, like we would still be talking to it and you'd be helping yeah. me and I'd be helping you. It's yeah. like a kind of like a mateship. Like I don't, I don't sort of like see myself as shit as versus you, even though I, I am probably, but it's like, the, it's like this kind of partnership that you kind of yeah, pick up of each other. It's really weird, but and it's really you, yeah. cool. And that's what I find like if you train the right way and you you can train with someone that's not as experienced as you. But you can still learn, like, if some, if I'm rolling with someone that's less experienced than me and I, I pull off, like, a good sweep, I'll reverse back and, and show them how I did the sweep. And not only does that help them, mm. but it also freshens in my mind how I set the sweep up yeah. and what I did, so. So it's kind of like when you co- – that's why I, I was thinking, like, when you coach sometimes or you, you're kind of watching people and comment on it, you kind of pick stuff up yeah, yourself, eh? Hey? Yeah, it's interesting. You, spe- you mentioned his name before and you have a good relationship with Mick Maynard, who is he the VP of talent relations still? He's the he matchmaker. He's the matchmaker. Yeah. So, for, the, for the, yeah, for whatever weight classes he does. So, well, I don't know. Has he always been that in that position? Um, for as long as I've been with the UFC, okay. he has. Because, yeah, uh, there's a story, there's stories about you that you used to email him, oh, yeah. uh, reaching out to, like, mate, I'm winning fights, like, give me a shot type thing. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, we, oh, fuck, I was on him. I was on his case. Um, How, like, what, did you know him at this point? Or are you just, like, uh, kind of cold calling in a sense? Like, uh, emails, out? emails. So, you get, get, get the email address, because um, I was trying with Dan Kelly, so Dan Kelly gave me the, <laughs> gave me the thing. But that's, that's a pretty normal thing. Is it really? I do have a funny story about Mick Maynard, if you want to hear <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I would love to. The last time I ever got drunk was with Mick Maynard, <laughs> and he made me retire. <laughs> really? I haven't been drunk yeah, since. You, you don't drink anymore, do you? But, yeah, this, yeah, no. That, how how but, long has that been? Like over a, a year now. Over a year. But the last time I got drunk was with Mick and we 
fucking went for sent it. it. <laughs> <laughs> sent it. And I woke up the next day and I'm like, Mickey, you fucking bad motherfucker. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I can't I couldn't keep up with him. Where, where, and that's where's he based? <laughs> oh, that's saying something. He's, a, he's, a, he's, a Aussie, he's Aussie, but he, he's yeah. lived in Texas. Lives in Texas. Okay. Yeah. What's, um, what's what based off that with Mick Maynard and shooting him emails, like how did the UFC contract come about? Like when did you get that phone call or, or message to say, hey, Jimmy, we want you to be yeah. a UFC fighter? So like, I, I don't know. I looked dumb, but I'm, I'm actually quite smart. So what I did, I knew I wasn't UFC ready um, when, when I started calling. I started calling for the UFC when I was 4-0 oh, um, yeah. for, for multiple reasons. But in my head, I was like, all right, I want to get my name known now. So then when I'm ready, they know who I am. Mm. So I was 4-0 oh, and, and I started screaming for it. Fucking every post was like, sign me, sign me, sign me. Uh, sending, sending emails, emails, emails. And um, yeah, they, they just kept saying, you know, just get another fight, have another fight. And then... um. I was six and zero, oh, and they said, "Hey, we got this contender series fight for you." Um, blah blah blah. It's in July, and I think I don't know when it was, but it was a f- like quite a fair bit time before it. So I fucked that. I want another fight. So I, I took that fight um, with the uh, with the Korean on Hex, knowing that I had the contender series fight. So it was a bit risky. I was like, "Oh, fuck, oh you know, like shit. if I lose this, I'm gonna lose my." But I was like, "No, nah, fuck it. If I can't beat this guy, I'm, I'm not gonna beat." You backed yourself in. So yeah, doubled down on myself and, and took the fight. Had. Put on, uh, in my opinion, it was one of the greatest fights I've ever been part of. It was fucking a sick fight. Really? Five round, I just went to war. Um, and then, and then I got the contender series, and that was that was a pretty cool experience. You know, I, I went out there. It was, it was a that was a fun fight too. Like I, <laughs> I literally. I knew what the contender series was about, so I was like, "Oh, you got to win, but you got to win impressively." Yes, yeah, so, because that's the, that's the catch with the contender series—you can win and not get a contract. Yeah, so I'm like, <coughs> "Fuck it, I'm just going to go to war with this guy." Yeah, uh, I don't, <laughs> I don't care. Wow. So I just went, like, I went, fucking just brawl with him. There's a, there's a, there's a, like a a common story across my career, and it's like I, I, sh- I struggle not to get into a brawl. <laughs> <laughs> so so it, you, kind of the whole game plan goes out the window after like round one because you're just like, fuck it. I'm it's, working on it. Yeah. Well, that's what Mike Tyson says. You can come in with a game plan until you get smacked in I the just, face. The like, thing with me, man, is I just fucking love it. Like yeah. people like, people see that fight in, in, in Perth and they're like, or like, I'm like, you don't realize I'm having fun in there. Like, I'm enjoying myself. Even though I get dropped three times, I'm like, oh, that was fun. Fuck, man. It's pretty, that's a pretty special trait. Like, man, people, 99% of people on this earth don't, like, gravitate to brawling. Yeah. So you must, you must be a special cat if, if you're- Wired a bit differently. Yeah, wired a bit differently. Speaking of Dana, I know you put, we had obviously Jack on, and Jack didn't really know Dana as well. He spoke quite highly of him, but you've obviously worked with Dana for a longer period. Like what's he actually like to deal with as a bloke and then on, on a business sort of basis as well? My view on Dana, I like I've, bro, I watched up, I, I grew up like not idolizing because we were in different fields, but I grew up respecting that man so much because not many people like fully grasped where the UFC was and where it is today. Mm. Like I, I feel like I've been part of this sport for so long. I started really studying this sport when I was 12. And the way that Dana has made this sport grow is incredible. And for me, like, there was a lot of people saying that I didn't deserve that contract after my contender series fight. And Dana White backed me. And for me, like, my loyalty, I, I'm loyal to Dana White and the UFC for that because mm. a lot of people wouldn't have signed me because the fight, it was a great fight. It was a very entertaining fight on the contender series, but I, I didn't look very polished. Mm. I looked very green. And Dana White backed me and he continues to back me. And even though my last three performances haven't been the best, he continues to back. He still says nice things about me. When 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 Jack got signed, he, he said that nice thing. And I was like, man, 
I've got the coolest boss in the world, eh? Yeah. He, I think he loves guys with heart and fight, like, doesn't he? Because yeah. he, he sees that. Like, he loves, obviously, skill, but I see him, like, he, he, he loves seeing people go to war. Fighters, you know? Yeah, the people that, like, of those five-rounders, those those sort of title fights with people bleeding and dripping yeah. and still standing, like, he loves that. He's 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 got a good eye of knowing if someone wants to be in there if they're in there for Correct. the for the for the cloud or the or the or the shine. Yeah. With me, I'm not in there for the cloud or shine, man. I'm yeah. in there because I fucking love fighting. Yeah. Well, you, know, you said you don't really use social media, do you? That much, which is really. you actually really in it for the craft of what you're doing. Like I love you it, love man. it. Yeah. It's all I've known. Uh, if if we look at your favorite fighter in the UFC, do you have one at the moment? Like someone that when they're fighting, you watch that cart. There's a lot. Bobby Knuckles. Bobby Knuckles. Mm, Robbie, yeah. Robbie Whittaker, mate. Like, every, every time Rob, fucking Rob Whittaker walk out, I get Really? Man. Is he like, do other Aussie fighters look up to him in that fashion as well? Like, yeah. is he that big to- Yeah, to me, to me, like him and Alex are just fucking yeah. God-tier God. Australian fighters. Yeah, and they're both like unbelievably good blokes. Just like, Absolutely. I haven't met them, but from the outside, like Rob Whittaker, you can say whatever you want to him in a press, press conference. He'll just look at you and go, all right, yeah. mate, like chill out. Yeah, man, like I'm, he doesn't I'm, care. Yeah, I've been fortunate enough to train with him quite a bit and like, he's cool, man. And like the advice, like he doesn't say much, but like the advice he gives is just fucking solid gold. Yeah, brilliant. I've got a, I've got a bit of an interesting game for you. Um, so it's got, Pretty much, I want you to pick your perfect fighter with the skill sets I give you. Obviously, you can use yourself for some of the things I say if, you, if that's you feel that you're the best at it. But just going off your UFC knowledge, which you've got abundance of, I want you to pick the fighter that you would want this skill set from. So let's start with striking. Most effective or just a style just, that I admire the most? Just style that, that, like if you were making yourself into the most complete fighter ever, like you're taking stuff from if fighters. I could, if I could strike like Anderson Silva, I'd be pretty Anderson happy. Anderson Silva. As much as it might not be that. the most effective style, it was fucking beautiful to watch. We love that. What about leg kicks? Who's got a nasty Jack slot? Jenkins. Jack, yeah, leg breaking. Well, good call. Submissions. Um, I would say me, but I would like my submissions to be as fancy as Charles Oliveira. Charles Oliveira. We oh. saw him. Charles de Bronx. We saw him in Perth. Bronx, yeah. yeah, he was he's there. He's so cool, man. He's, he's a cool. He, yeah. We got a photo with him. Shout out, Charles, man. Appreciate you in the UFC hotel. Uh, this is a good one for you. You know it inside out. Jiu-Jitsu. Jiu-Jitsu. I would say that I probably, I would say that I would have the best MMA Jiu-Jitsu game. I just haven't shown it. Yeah. Um, but Damien Meyer, maybe. Um, Braden's agreeing with everything here. Braden, yeah. you know your shit. All right, Damien Meyer, there we go. All right, this is probably, I've got a feeling I know this one, but you, wrestling. Wrestling? Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and think of one that surprises yeah, you. Yeah, go. You, go. You think I'm, I'm, going Dag- I'm going Dagestani land. Yeah. Uh, I do love Khabib's style, but drawing a blank here. I don't know. It's a, yeah, but we'll come back to it because this, one, this, <laughs> one's, this one's my favorite. I reckon you have a good answer on this one. Baddest motherfucker. Like the attitude. Yeah, Jimmy Crute, baby. Here we go. July 8th. I can't wait, That's, man. I'm going to fucking shock the world. I promise you. I can't wait, man. I just, I hope, I hope, sure he'll be in attendance at the fight, but Conor McGregor, do you think he's coming back? Like, is he in a fight? He's fighting he's Michael, Michael Chandler. Chandler. Has they said the date so? September? Is that what they I think said? So, yeah. Uh, so how do you reckon that fight will go? I think Chandler's going to fucking smash him. Well, it's a lot. Correct me if I'm wrong, but UFC, like six months out, the, the game moves quick. Look at the size of Conor McGregor's head. How much fucking growth is he on? <laughs> it's just the whiskeys. There's a Joey Dares quote. He's on the shit that makes your fucking head grow. <laughs> I quote that. We love that. That's golden. Yeah, that's right. He's fighting Chandler. How can I forget? Because they, they did the uh, ultimate fighter yeah, together. I think he's going to be too muscle bound, but he, 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 he looks like he's landing up a little bit, but I think he's going to be too muscle bound. I think yeah. Chandler's going to fucking... 
blitz through him. All right. Well, let's, before we round out with sort of our final question, I just want to get a bit of a prediction on your your fight with Alonzo Manifield because I feel your energy. Even when we before we got in here, you were just pumped that like so excited that mm. you get to go back at him again. But how do you sort of see this fight going out without giving too much away? I'm going to be myself in there this time. You know, I was – the, the best way to describe the last fight, I was so torn on, on what to do and what game plan to follow and um, – and, and how to act, you know, I was, I was fucking overanalyzing anything. And this time I'm just going to go out there and I'm going to fight and I'm going to simplify it and I'm going to fuck him up. Whether it's on the feet or on the ground, I'm going to take him to deep water and drown him. I just, I gotta just shut myself. Listen to that. Fucking, good luck, Alonzo Manyfield, mate. You're gonna, you're gonna need it this time with Jimmy Crute's attitude. He's coming. But our final question we have, and we always do this on the Unlaced Podcast, so all the listeners will know. We attest sort of three traits to for you to become Jimmy Crute, obviously at the highest level, and all are important. But the one that hits home to you the most that you sort of resonate with, so out of resilience, drive, or ambition, like which one of those was sort of so pivotal to your journey for you to be who you are now? Resilience. Drive than ambition. Right. I, I had to, I don't know, like I've, I've always sort of been like a feather in the wind mm. my whole life. And, and right now I've sort of like found myself and, and I, I know my views, I know my morals, and, I, and I'm making my own decisions. But for my whole life, I've sort of just been a feather in the wind. I just go do what I'm told and do this. So I've had to be resilient. Yeah. Because if you put your trust into everyone you come across and you expect everyone else, you, you're going to be yeah. fucked over a lot yeah. of times. So, um, for me, resilience, you, you've got to just be prepared that you might get fucking, you might get knocked down here, you might get knocked down there, but you just got to keep getting back up and going. Oh. Well, that's, you're right in that exact story now. You're coming off the draw and you're going to go go for the win and going to get it. Absolutely. So we'll be there watching, mate. Hopefully uh, we get Jack Jenkins on a card soon, but definitely going to be watching your fight, Jimmy Crute. Dana, put <laughs> Jack Jenkins on 290, please. There we go. <laughs> Tell <laughs> him. <laughs> I can call one more favor, please, boss. <laughs> Dana, 60 Gs, baby. Well, there we have it, ladies and gentlemen. Jimmy Crute. Obviously, the fight is coming in July. Fight week in Vegas. We're going to be there, mate. We're going to be supporting you. We appreciate you coming on the show, mate. Good man. Awesome, bro. Awesome, bro. Are you a podcaster? Maybe you've got that big idea and you're looking for a network to join. The multi-award winning OzCast Network can get your content to eyes and ears all over the world. Join now for the first month free and you could be featuring this sound at the beginning of your podcast. OzCast. Simply head to OzCastNetwork.com for details.